Welcome back. This is the Parishioners Banter Podcast. Uh, full disclosure, this is the like ninth time we've recorded this intro because we can't seem to get our uh, equipment to work. Words are hard. Uh, and so uh, we'll, we'll see how this one goes. Um, how are we, how we feeling today, guys? Well, I'm feeling good. I see your wavelength, so it looks like it's working. But I'm feeling awesome. good. Awesome. So, yeah, our, our uh, last couple eps have not done super well what are, what are our thoughts there guys what do we need to do to take better steps in the future marketing business cards yeah I just don't think we're the problem <laughs> I think we just gotta encourage how palatable we are and how awesome this podcast is I think so too I think uh, why fix a great product yeah yeah, baby, it's okay to recognize that we could probably uh, market a little better. Than no, that. I think we're perfect. No. <laughs> no, the sponsorship should be rolling in any second now. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. I can, it a I can hear a free dwell subscription from a mile away. Yeah. You know what's kind of cool? Under some regards, like super hipsters would say that we're actually cooler than the bigger, more well-known podcast because we're still plugging away even though we only have like 10 – regular listeners some hipsters would say like oh you're you're a lot better i think so why do you think hipsters that's like the nature of that's how you like define a hipster is that it's cool in, to not make money yeah yeah it's cool to not to be into things that aren't successful you just gotta be happy or known by everyone else does money buy happiness no i think it can it can buy me a boat it'll make you happy no it can buy me a truck to pull it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hopefully, I don't get copyrighted for that. Um, we can't so, get copyrighted. We don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sweet. So, uh, guys, we, we, we have brought a couple different topics. Uh, at least that's what it seems like. Uh, Connor, Connor, what is, what's one of, what's the thing you brought you brought to the table? So, it doesn't flow as well as it did last time, the way conversation was. But what are what are some of the classic cultural and structural tropes of a good Southern Baptist church here in the Bible Belt. Yeah, so just to clarify, we're not talking about like Baptist polity or Baptist theology or or Baptist like ecclesiology. We're just talking about Baptist culture. Um, stained glass windows. Stained glass windows. I feel like that's more just like Orthodox churches though. Yeah, just gotta have them. Because like Catholics, they started that. And there are a lot of Baptist churches that don't have stained glass. Yeah, well, you know, Catholics are Christians, so, you know. Um, cool. Well, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Sweet. Well, uh, I'd say I'd say <laughs> mine is a, is a fellowship hall or a cab of some sorts, mm-hmm. a Christian activities uh, building where there are an abnormally large amount of potlucks that happened every year. Um Every family's got to have a crock pot. That's a that's a big staple there. Uh, and to be to be honest, I think I think with that comes a good you know decent sized kitchen because uh, mm-hmm. you got to be able to host all these people. You know, good Baptist churches are from anywhere from like a hundred to four hundred sometimes. Obviously, bigger and, and smaller on both ends, but that's a good good middle middle size. So you got you got to be able to accommodate all those. Um, I agree. So what are y'all's thoughts on that stuff? I'm thinking like uh, some leagues. I don't know, like like sports. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, in my church, we did soccer. 
I don't know why Park doesn't do tournaments with other churches. We should do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, but like you'd say, athletics definitely exists in the life of the body for sure. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. People are sure. always playing pickup basketball and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. for us being a bilingual church, it's soccer. Yeah, mm-hmm. little, little kids love soccer. Yeah, yeah. They they'll, they'll take you to town. Uh, fun fact, Pat, we're pretty sure he broke his foot. <laughs> really? But at the time, he didn't have medical insurance, so he couldn't go to the hospital. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so I had to carry him to his car and he just kind of walked it off yeah I did there took, I was like I was pretty knocked off my rocks for a couple days but didn't you borrow a boot from Pastor Dave I did yeah I borrowed a boot from Pastor Dave shout out P. Diddy that's right um, so yeah yeah hey guys I have I have a good conversation I think this is going to be one that we kind of talk about for a while we're all we all read books and engage in different means of media such as podcasts and movies so I, I have a question based on the fellas at this table. We're going to go one by one. We can kind of have a conversation per person. What kind of writer do you think if that person were to publish a book or if that person were to like write a film script or if that person were to have like their own individual podcast, what, what is it about? Like, what do you think their style would be? What do you think they'd be into uh, and why? And how does that like why how'd you come to that conclusion based on their life so kind of a crazy question but uh yeah i start with dayling i i think dayling would be like um personally i think he'd be like a oh i see what you're saying okay. personal life narrative like okay like bob goff but like not a heretic does that make sense Wait, it's just limited to like it's not limited to christian I also think he would like to do comic books on the side. So what kind of writer you would be, basically? Yeah, and then why you think that based okay. on their life. Like, how'd you get to that point? I think Con- I think Patrick would be a very exaggerative, uh, uh, beautiful, poetic person that uses big words because you do that in real life. <laughs> I don't know so what yeah, so I kind of have the same thought of, like, you with the personal narrative thing mm-hmm. of, like, you're always talking not about yourself, but just about like things that have happened to you. Yeah. Okay. Like, like not like not in a bad way. Like some people just like are like that. They talk, like the way they try to solve situations is by talking through past things that have Dude, happened. Dude, let me to tell them. you something that happened to me. Um, <laughs> you mean like that? Yeah. 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 The way that you uh, interact with people is typically over common ground. Dang, that's actually really sad. I need to go to counseling for that. No, it's not a bad thing. Uh, sometimes when I see you like minister to people. It's through your own experience. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, like Bob Goff's entire book was, I was a park ranger at this like abnormal na- state park that no one's ever heard of in the middle of Montana, and then the Lord Which saved one? me. I don't know. I, I have I haven't read Love Does in a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> is that making it about myself? Uh, Should I be concerned? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you we always talk about like you kind of talk about your life like it's a movie. I mean, I am the main character. I'm not doubting that. I'm just, you know. Yeah. What and then, com- but but I think your side hustle would be like like comic books. God, I don't know. I don't. I never read comic books growing up. Well, or like just like very like superhero esque hyper narratives. It wouldn't be like um, like you wouldn't be the like textbook writer. As long as I could be Spider Man, I'll be fine. That's yeah, cool. Well, you, you're not being anyone. You're writing. I want to be. I it want to be an autobiography about him being Spider Man. That's true. That's true. Wait. So, can can you say the 
is the question what type of writer do you think like like what type of writer I think I would be? No, no, no. What you think someone else at this table would be? So, for example, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I okay. I said to Daley what I think he would be. Daley said he thinks I'd be like this poetic, like introspective, overly emotional guy. Uh, I think Connor. I think for you, man, you would be the like. You would be the kind of like a hybrid of what Dayling is, personal narrative and stuff, but it'd be more like cultural commentary. Like you would, you would be kind of like, uh, oh my gosh, what's it? <laughs> like, like Carl, like, like a little bit of Carl Truman, but with like a little bit of like John Muir. Like, 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 uh, <laughs> like. I'll be honest, I know who John Muir is, but I don't know who Carl Truman is. Carl Truman's like this stud muffin of a. Okay, he wrote like Rise and Fall of the Modern Self. It's like the new Oh, that book, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah huge cultural commentary book. Uh, so that that book and then you like mix in like like wilderness essays. Yeah. That would be like you. <laughs> That'd be your style. Yeah. Those would be my styles, but like I think like the career that I'd want to launch but it never like like, you know, flourishes is like Game of Thrones esque style books. Oh, cool for my love of the old testament. Yeah, mm. yeah that'd be cool. but while you're asking that question to us I thought you said who's a non-writer or a not so famous writer and like what type of writings would they do and uh, I had a really funny answer if that was the one I think Song, Song, or, uh, I think Solomon uh, would like take over Hallmark <laughs> like, like Solomon from the Bible like King Solomon yeah 100% yeah, I mean, Song he, of... He's got enough wives to make a new Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, like, four years. Yeah, he really does. Every day. Do you think they all had individual love stories? Because some of them were just concubines. Yeah, for sure. But um, I, I think he I think he could pull it off. I think he'd make millions. If he went on a date with a wife every night of every year, 365 days straight, he still wouldn't have gotten through all of his wives Dang. in one year. He'd be a great songwriter too. Yeah, yeah. He did write a lot of songs. That's fair. I think I could see Pat writing a comedy show. Oh yeah, I I could see you writing something to the similar humor of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. What um, about like Shit's Creek? See, I haven't watched enough of Shit's Creek to uh-huh. like. All I know is that you're like it's kind of like a higher level of. It's, okay, cl- come it's, on. it's clever comedy. You gotta be a smart man to. No, no. I feel like you say that about everything. You're like, you know what else says that people who watch Rick and Morty? <laughs> yeah, act that's like, just dumb. That's yeah. just dumb. Well, no, but people <laughs> act like you have to be like the super intelligent human being to understand the humor. And I go and watch an episode, and I'm just like, this is just stupid. It has the same <laughs> level of complicated writing as SpongeBob does, which is complicated in its own right. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just different. It's not like. You don't have to like have a, a doctorate to watch that show. Honestly, Rick and Morty is just the grown-up version of Phineas and Ferb, <laughs> but less wholesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I got a game. Wow, what's sweet, up? What's sweet. up? Cool. Bring it to us. Let's play a game called From the Book of Lamentations or oh. From a Taylor Swift Song. Oh, I like this game. Okay, and it's it's for those listening who are like, oh my gosh, that's super irreverent, and sacrilegious. Maybe. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna defend yourself. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for round one? I'm ready. Or question one. Yeah, go or, right. or lyric. <laughs> All right. We've been to hell and back. We've nowhere to. We have nowhere to turn. Nowhere to go. Rivers of tears pour from my eyes. Ooh. Are we thinking Book of Lamentations? Or Taylor Swift song. T Swifty. 
considering since I don't know if the word hell is ever used that explicitly that early in wisdom literature, uh, I'm going to say Tate T. Swift, but I, I'm already feeling not super confident. Yeah. Well, it also depends, like, what translation. Are we pulling from, okay, that's a good point. Are we pulling from ESV or are we doing some, like, I'm, NIV, I'm highly CSV doubtful. stuff? I don't know. I just pulled up the quiz online. <laughs> gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. I don't know gotcha. what translation to use, but I'm also going to go with T. Swift. Okay, sweet, perfect. Unless this is a super modern translation that, yeah. you know, subs out Hades. For, yeah, that's a good point. Hell, but let's hear go it Taylor up. Swift. Oh, we were wrong. Guys, no way. Book of Lamentations. Does what? it give you a chapter and verse? Yeah, let's compare them. Uh, it did not, but maybe it will at the end of it. What? Yeah, yeah. That's. Wait, that well, we're like gonna a... have to book bookmark that uh, because I want to know. That's a hipster translation. Who oh, translated that that way? Yeah, <laughs> I'd be surprised. Probably the NIV. I right, keep going. <laughs> I remember it all. Oh, how how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Hmm. Okay, considering the context of limitations, I'm gonna say T Swift again. I'm gonna say limitations. Mm, I'm going T Swift. I'm, I'm going sure. T Swift as well. Try it. Let's see. Oh my gosh, we were wrong. Yeah. Is it limitations again? Yeah. I feel like I don't know my Bible right now. Well, it might. You might know <laughs> the translation. Really weird. modern translation. <laughs> yeah. It might just be the message. Yeah. <laughs> which isn't a translation, by the way. At best, it's a commentary. I said, come at me. Um, I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what the good life is like. Mm. That's definitely T Swift. Uh, <laughs> are you but, sure but here's my thing. Are you sure like, about that? No, I'm not. I'm not sure. Limitations. Uh, I'm gonna go with limitations too. See, I'm gonna pick T Swift not because I think it is, but because I'm afraid of it being limitations. <laughs> yeah, after guessing T Swift so many times, so I'm gonna stick my gun and say Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh. Lamentations. Yeah. Oh, nice. Lamentations. Let's go. I know my Bible. That's why. Is the next? It's like the next one. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> Lamentations. <laughs> See the vultures circling dark clouds. Okay, that's lamentation. Love's a fragile little flame. It can burn out. Lamentations. Whoa, hold on. It rhymes a bit at the end. Oh no, does the Bible rhyme? Sometimes. Unintentionally, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, man, I'm a T Swift. No limitations. I'm gonna go with Taylor Swift. I'm just gonna keep voting Taylor Swift until I get it right. <laughs> that was Taylor Swift. Oh wow! See, I just don't. I don't see. I knew I don't see it. Boy Jeremiah. Yeah. So something. Like, that's what. See, I didn't think that the other verses either. See, but, this is yeah. my hard thing, guys. Is now I'm like really lost. So, so far we're one for fourteen. Yeah, it sucks. Wait, which one? We've gotten one out of 14, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, we're, we're There's no way we had 14 questions. No, no like, I'm just saying out of the 14. Total, oh, oh there's like 14 questions. Yeah. Total. Gotcha. Have you ever seen anything like this? Ever seen pain like my pain? See what he did to me. Oh, T. Swifty. Okay, but here's the I thing. I feel like that's T. Swifty, but... See, I'm thinking that's limitations. And the you think he's like God? Mm-hmm. In the proper context, it could definitely be limitations. Yeah, I could see that. I still go for my girl, Taylor. Oh, yeah? Patricia, what's your final? Uh... I'm honestly just still pretty mind blown that some of these have been limitations. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say limitations here because it feels like it could be like some sort of like suffering s kind of thing. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with limitations. By the way, I've been trying to find limitations this entire time. <laughs> and oh, sorry, these... the internet's being slow, so I don't know what the uh, the right answer is quite yet. <laughs> well, super oh, awkward. Man. Come on. <laughs> really What's awkward. the point of having 5G? Once we have this translation. Yeah, 5G. Nice. 
once we have this translation figured out, um, I think it'll help us uh, because I want to transition to a conversation about translations and their different uses. Because I've, I've been hearing a lot of people. Well, rag. why don't we just switch to that? Because uh, my internet decided to stop working. Nice, nice. So, guys, okay, what are your opinions? And I'm just curious here because I've had a lot of conversations with the Nine Marks Weekender that happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all those guys that came out. Thanks so much for coming out. Um, about translations and how we really should approach them. I think a lot of times in the greater reform world, there's the like, oh, I don't read the NIV because it's not a word-for-word translation. Or I don't read the CSB because it's not trying to stay super true to the original text. Like, So just curious kind of what y'all's thoughts are. I'm going to open up the floor and we can get, get, get down into it. Can someone explain to me the difference between static and what's the other one? Yeah, it's like static and like dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll just, for our sake of our audience, we'll say phrase for phrase or word for word. Just go kind of there. Oh, okay. Because that's just a little bit more than I want to get into. Phrase for phrase. So to kind of break this down, the ESV is a word for word translation, meaning that each word is individually translated over from the original language. I'd say it word for word. For sure, for sure. The NIV is like a phrase for phrase translation. Problem is, you lose some context yeah. and everything's like that. You lose Hebrew punctuation. You lose a lot of stuff. So why would someone want phrase for phrase? Is like that's a just, great question. Is it simpler? Like what? it reads more in our language. So for example, you know how the ESV kind of reads weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't flow well in English grammatical mm-hmm. structure. We're like, well, we wouldn't have said it like that. That's because they're translating not only the words but the actual Hebrew grammatical and Greek. Greco grammatical structure over into the English. Yeah. And then phrase for phrase would be the translator translates the original language word for word and then summarizes that in a more modern, digestible way. Yeah, and what's, what's interesting about it is like a lot of people make the argument for like the NIV, for example, that it's just really good to memorize and easier for like ministry because you can palette it better, which might be good right when you're talking to like people on the street and stuff uh our brother thomas broom when he goes and plants he's thinking about teaching out of the csb just because of the context that he's in which is a word for word translation but way less uh basically way more or less complex words right mm-hmm. so if you read the csb you're still getting word for word but you're getting a less um complex rich grammatical hop over right you're not gonna instead of like like seeing like affliction, you might just see the word pain, okay. um, which is really interesting to think about as well. You're li- keeping up textual. Yeah, I guess really, I mean, both have their merits, right? Yeah, so sure. contextually, for a pastor in a more rural situation, where <clears throat> it's definitely more layman mm-hmm. than academics, and that's it's not really a jab. That's just usually the case. Yeah, what do you mean by layman? What do, you mean? what do you mean by layman? Um, you know, somebody who is not formally academically trained in scripture. Yeah. So somebody who's not a pastor, somebody who doesn't have a master's doctorate or um, hasn't received any formal training in the scriptures is what I would define as somebody being a layperson. And so things like the NIV and the CSB are really good for discipleship, ministering to particular contexts, and then you know, the ESV also has its place in its merit, you know, um, that you'll usually find the, the ESV or the NASB being a lot of the go-tos for a lot of 
like citations. Uh, yeah, for citations, but also for like academic work as yeah. well, especially when you're learning the languages and you know kind of understanding how things are translated. So they both they both have their place. So fellas, just curious situation. You're ministering to somebody who maybe reads below a high school reading level. Are you giving them an ESV or are you giving them an NIV? What what version is the children's books? Like the ones with the cartoons? I'm just curious. I'm not saying anything. I don't know. There's curious. a lot of different ones. I don't know. No, no, there's wondering. not like a children's translation. Yeah, I'm not saying you should give that to them. I just, that was, it was just a random thought in my head. Uh, Here, this one has <laughs> pictures. But you know what? That was a very inappropriate time to say it. So, no, yeah. Yeah, no, it's okay. I think I'm going <laughs> NIV. Right, because what you don't want to do is gatekeep scripture reading yeah, by saying you need to be at this reading level. Because I, I get stumped up reading the ESV and the NASV because it doesn't flow very well. It's not yeah, because it's not designed to. Yeah, it's not it's not palatable to a modern reader. Yeah, um, and and I think that it's okay to switch between translations to have a better understanding. Right, because if you read something in the SV, well, now you've got the context and the proper grammatical structure um, and the truest to word for word that you can get. But then you switch over to the NIV and you kind of understand the overarching thought behind those words. Sorry, my dog's being needy right Boy, now. someone told me that the NIV was written by the, uh, devil worshippers. Uh, I think it was, um, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I would do, and I gave Connor a false dichotomy in that question, you don't have to just either do the NIV or the ESV. Yeah, Ideally, I'd probably do the CSB in that situation. If I could get my hands on a CSB and give that to them, that would be really cool because then I'm still holding up that textual like um, density while also like having it in palatable language. Sure. Um, which I'd probably give them both. Mm, I'd just kind yeah. of give them a bit of encouragement, like an encouraging warning. Be like, hey, like, the way that this is translated is a little bit more complex and dense, and it's not an it's not easier to read. Whereas this one will help you understand what's going on to, in a broader sense, right? Because I don't expect somebody that I'm discipling to be an academic Bible scholar, right? Yeah, I think I think what we can be convicted of is that we come from a very bookish congregation, a lot of very intelligent people. Uh, Capitol Hill Baptist Church is like that. A lot of these churches are like that. Uh, talking to some of these guys this weekend, hearing the translations that they preach out of and their revitalization efforts was really fascinating. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, dude, I study in the ESV, but I preach out of the NIV. Hey, dude, I study in the ESV or the NASV, and I preach out of the CSV. Uh, you know, Patrell uh, from Pioneer teaches out of the CSV, yeah. right? And so I thought, I thought it was interesting, the relationship between context and how these pastors were methodically thinking about how they're going to preach. Hmm. Um, thoughts on that? I guess it helps to you know who you're preaching to, you know, your people. I never thought of it that way. Um, I don't know. I've never explored other translations, so I, I'm just not the best at determining which. What are you redoing? ESV. The ESV. <laughs> the English Standard Version. That's. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that as a pastor, 
I think a lot of academic scholarly pastors would want to preach out of a word-for-word -word Bible, but sure. I think out of love for the sheep and out of love for the context in which they're preaching, that's just like one of those things where it shouldn't be a hill to die on for a pastor, right? Because ultimately the pastor's job is to feed God's sheep, to shepherd them, to, to smell like them, him. to love God's word and obey his commands. Yeah. And if you reading an ESV is going to turn people off, you know, sure, could you knack that to a little bit of spiritual maturity? Absolutely. But why, like, as a pastor, I don't see the benefit in risking that. You know, like, if, if you have the maturity to lay down your life mm. um, in a way that's really not that big of a deal and sure. read something that's either thought for thought or word for word that's just a little bit less complex, then I think that would make your ministry a lot more fruitful. Amen. Especially going into a revitalization or even a church plant. you got to give a little before you can take. That's a good point. Uh, here's a situation that re I recently had with a beloved sister in Christ. I will leave her unnamed for the sake of the podcast, but uh, she has a Jesus Bible, uh, which is basically a translation that was designed to highlight Jesus in the Old Testament mm -hmm. uh, to people and then ultimately like point to them to read the New Testament. Like, right? like, highlight, like, like the prints? Yeah, the print, the translations, like a bunch of different translations, all phrase for phrase, almost kind of reads like the message, uh, but it's still considered a translation. Mm. Uh, it's not a commentary. Uh, it has a lot of notes and stuff, but uh, she told me that she gets like, like made fun of for having that Bible. And, but this is like a very new convert, new sister. Mm. Yeah. And uh, she told me, she has my opinion on her having it. And I told her, I was like, would I cite it in a seminary paper? No, mm -mm. but praise the Lord that we live in a time mm -hmm. where you, upon getting saved by grace through faith, were given some form of scripture. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. not to mention, I mean, that sounds like a great tool for a new Bible reader. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. when you'll hear a lot of faithful pastors say that, you know, all of scripture is about Christ. Well, if I'm a new believer, I'm like, well, that's great. But like where? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Praise God that we have a resource like that for new Bible readers. Like straight up. I mean, imagine having to be like a Calvin or a Luther or an early church father, having to ma manually do all these cross references of typology yeah. and correlating them to the New Testament. And figure out all these. Yeah. Figure out all these things without even like having any previous mm -hmm. training at all. Facts. Mm -hmm. And then good. also like, you know, is this typology right? Like was Melchizedek a type of Christ? Yeah. Mm. You know, was were the three men that approached Abraham um, right before Sodom and Gomorrah were absolutely lit the heck up? Yeah. You know, a lot of people say that's a Christophany, you mm. know, a pre-incarnate Christ. But other people, like your boy Jim Hamilton, would be like, no, that probably wasn't a Christophany. That might have just been an angel representing the Lord. Yeah, I think, I think what's really interesting and kind of what we're all getting at here is that, like, we live in a time where there are graces that I've realized that maybe people in our camp can subconsciously villainize. I've been a, I've been that guy before. Um, you know, I've got harsh opinions about modern worship music. Maybe I outlaw too many things too quickly. Uh, maybe different things. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but you know, I've just been thinking a lot about this stuff. Now, my heart for that sister is to eventually maybe put the Jesus Bible on the shelf. And use it as more of like a reference tool and make your daily reader like a CSB. And that way you're slowly transitioning into kind of 
renewing your mind and, and training your mind to to like meditate on the words of God, right? And allow that kind of exegesis muscle uh, to be worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. and that's good guardrails. Yeah, for yeah. sure. References are good at being references. Mm-hmm. And when they're just... good references. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I feel like um, if someone you know is a new convert and they don't want to use um, you know the Jesus you know type of thing, um, I feel like the ESV Study Bible it's really good. It's a great point, Dan. What's what's the ESV Study Bible's benefit? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I used it in the beginning, um, but uh, basically, you know. It's, the Bible and the ESV translation, but in the bottom of each page, uh, they basically explain verse by verse what, what's going on, the context behind certain things. They kind of direct you to different scripture to like support um, an idea of something. Um, and it just really explains it. It's really good. It's like it's not really a commentary. And there's just, scholars that are doing that. Yeah, yeah really. like these are sharp dudes. Smart that came people. Up with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I like study Bibles. Yeah, boys. What's something, what, what's an item that's sold in large quantities that kind of just makes you angry because it doesn't make sense? NFTs. For me, it's spinach. <laughs> they sell them in gigantic boxes. Oh, I see. And they expire in two days, and you never eat it all. It just sits in your fridge and uh, goes bad. That's hilarious. It makes me so angry. That answer was hilarious, though, too. <laughs> I don't get NFTs. For, for me, it's closed in the metaverse. I was watching the news this morning, right, while I was working. They, this one guy has spent over 250K okay. on, on clothes for the metaverse. Nice. He says that he can, like, pass them down to his children mm. and stuff because mm. his entire work is in the metaverse. Yeah, I've been, and I've he has been, a yeah. home in the metaverse. And so he's like, why would I not? These are, like, not – these are assets for me. Like, yeah. I can't walk around the metaverse naked. That's true. I, I respect it. I mean, you, and, you could and nothing would happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can buy land in the metaverse. People, yeah, you can. people spend lots of money on land. Lots of money. Land. Well, it's crazy because wow. like this guy's being dead serious. Like he's on NBC being news, like being interviewed for this. Nice. And he was like, "Yeah, these are just these are physical assets that I'm gonna pass down to my kids." Hey. What's he gonna do if like a foreign enemy just <clears throat> destroys the power grid and my homeboy can't access the meta anymore? People are. It's really unfortunate that people put so much stock in stuff that's not real. I mean, I, I, I bought some, right. like... Do you, can you imagine being such a slave to your sinful desires? Go off, rather, baby. That you would rather check out of reality Dang. and uh, feed the most selfish desires of your heart by plugging your face into some goggles? There, there's an article about this. Hey, game. I have an Oculus. No, listen, I'm not... No, for games, you play games, you don't spend your life I use it, like, there. once a month. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> Like yeah, beat saber. <laughs> I, I I bought like the, new tires for my yeah, Rocket League car. Is with Christian Liberty, like all things are permissible, but you will not be ruled by anything, right? Right. So like, there are articles about this dude. Shut up, Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my dog's getting all stoked. Anyways, there's a difference between using the Oculus to play Beat Saber and living in a world fueled by your own sinful fantasies. Dang. Yo, that was savage. It's just reality. I mean, like, I don't know, bro. Like, sometimes I want to buy some, like, cryptocurrency. You know what I'm saying? Well, buying crypto is different. That's just taking a riskful investment versus this person is betting their hope Mm -hmm. and their assurance 
on digital clothing. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. It's literally <laughs> Roblox for adults. Dude, Roblox is. They like... actually have like a Roblox like, like sector of the world. Speaking of sad news, Roblox removed their classic oof noise. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so sad. I don't even. Really I never played like Roblox. Or that's really unfortunate. Why not? I just didn't. Did you I, think you were too cool? No, I just sucked at video games growing up. No, you, you don't have to be good at this. Yeah, it's more of a social video game. Uh, I, I have like two How girlfriends it on it. It's like ten. Sure. How does it work? Uh, take. Hmm. How do we explain this, Connor? What's Roblox? Roblox is kind of like Minecraft. Yeah. But it's like less developed. It's not as cool looking. I mean, it is now, but... But you could do a lot more. It's like you, you make your own... I don't know, actually. Yeah. They're a different I mean, style of game. It, it's a different look, but it's very similar to, yeah. to Minecraft. It just... I think Roblox existed before Minecraft did. Yeah, probably. I'll send you some clips, bro. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. You guys have any other topics? Why don't you bring a topic for a change? All right, yeah, uh, dad hats or um, flat flat mm. rims, whatever. What I like the idea of flats, but uh, my head does this weird thing where it's just dumb. Oh <laughs> yeah, so my head's I the same only, way. I can only rock Carhartt hats. I don't <laughs> wear them. I don't wear them because I want to be hipster. I wear them because it's my only option. Mm. I look dumb in everything else. Really? Yeah. At least I think so. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I I, I like dad hats. I used to wear flats when I was like in middle school and I, yeah. I thought I was a gangster. Yeah. You should see my Facebook profile, my old one. I forgot the password to it. I will wear any hat that fits my head. Right now I'm wearing a dad hat. Clemson. Go yeah, Tigers. You would wear a flat bill. <laughs> I wear like a trucker hat. That's not a flat yeah, bill. Yeah, it's not a flat that, bill. That's actually I guess the so. polar opposite. Like that. <laughs> that's completely different. You know you can make flats like into curve. Like there's like yeah. really cool ways to do it. Yeah. Really cool. yeah. The, the, what? Who's more saved, flat wears or dad hats? Ooh. Ah. Mm. I feel like flats are for like church chads. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go with dad hats. And dad hats are like wits. Yeah. 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 And just dads. Yeah. yeah. Well, what? And, and I'll, I'll be honest, like Patagonia hats, those are honorary flats. They go on the same vibe. Wait, are they flats? No, they're not. They're, they're definitely trucker hats. They're not dad yeah. hats or flats. Yeah. They're trucker hats. I, I have no, a Patagonia. I kind of like put them into the same personality category. Trucker hats can go both ways. It heavily depends on what the trucker hat is. Sure. Like a North Face trucker hat gives me way more, way different vibes than a Patagonia trucker hat. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, as we wrap this podcast up, mm-hmm. we've wandered to and fro through a lot of different conversations. You stole but, that. Yeah, I did steal that line. It's okay, though. <laughs> yeah. But if you see me around and you're a person that can go through an entire tub of spinach before it expires, please let me know. I can't. And give me a rundown of your life. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? It, it really does make me angry. I always see expired spinach in my refrigerator. Put in everything you eat. I don't think I've ever no. bought spinach from the Not grocery store. I've never been like, oh, can't wait to eat this spinach. You know, like, I've never been like, oh, that's, it's 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 pizza night. Got to put spinach on it. Yeah, or well, like, that's what makes me angry is, like, they sell you way too much, more than you would ever need. So why do you have spinach? Because I, I like spinach. Yeah, spinach is not bad. Like but they don't, they don't sell it in appropriate quantities. Like, 
They're selling it like I'm going to make it my breakfast, yeah, lunch, you and should dinner. grow your own spinach plant. I will. Do that. I will do that. There you go. I feel like by the time I'm done spending money on a garden, I probably could have gotten like 50 cases of spinach. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. That'd be good. Well, boys, that's all I have to say. Do you guys have anything else to add? Are we good to wrap up? All right, Pat's giving him a thumbs up and yawning. So I'm going to take that as a yes. Connor's eating, like always, and uh, giving him a thumbs up. All right, well, we love you all so much. Saki. Saki Japan, shout out, sponsor. All right, well, we love you guys. Have a good one. Bye bye.